So, I have decided to start my own little podcast just to share some of the things that I've been thinking and feeling for some time. I'm a 42-year-old woman, a self-published author, a mother of four, two stepchildren, a husband, a house, car, job, and you know, sometimes I just feel like that's not enough for me. It's not enough for me because at some point I actually settled. I didn't stay true to myself because I did a lot of what people wanted me to do. And I got resentful when people were telling me what they wanted me to do and constantly ignoring me and what I wanted and what I strive for and what I needed out of my life. Sometimes I just felt like nobody would listen to me. Nobody would take me serious. And I never understood why. Why was it so hard for people to listen to me and to hear my heart and to hear where I was coming from with things? So I started writing. I would write down everything that I thought. And I've been doing this since I was eight years old. Because when I was eight years old, I was put in this box. I was put in a box that was a very suffocating box. And my childhood was rough. I mean, I had a lot of good times. I had a lot of good memories. I had a lot of good experiences. But I was a kid in the 80s. I was a kid in the 80s in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Most of my life, I was in severe poverty and didn't even recognize it because when you're a kid you don't know I mean for some time I lived in the projects Um, I lived in a home with extended family there was a short period of time my mom you know took me was staying in the Salvation Army and it was just a lot of stuff going on that I wasn't even really thinking of or, you know, conscientious of. But I know that the darkest part of my childhood popped up when my mother was trying to find her way, I guess. And I've been so impacted by her dysfunction. She didn't know how to be a mother. She didn't know how to be a woman. And her anger, she lashed out out on me as much as she could. I got tired of eating beans and weenies. I got tired of getting hand-me-down stuff at the last minute, you know? Tired of being her punching bag, her emotional dumping ground. And I took all of that with me for years. I didn't know everything that was going on with her. Most of the stuff, I didn't even care. I just wanted to feel like I was loved for a change. And I found I love through my grandmothers, my aunts, my uncles, my cousins. And I know I could sit here and blame her for for a lot of my stuff, but what good would that do? Because where she was not able to teach me or give me, I was able to give that to my kids because my biggest fear was becoming her. So in my little world, I would draw 
I would write. I would be so far up in my own head. I just needed an escape. By the time I became a teenager, I learned a little bit more than what I was supposed to learn about sex, drugs, partying, all of that. And it wasn't just from kids, you know, in, in my neighborhood. I learned a lot of that stuff at home. Unbeknownst to her and all the other adults, me being quiet, I sat back and I heard and saw everything. And it wasn't even just with her and her at the time boyfriend. I learned a lot of other stuff from going over to my father's side of the family. And that family, they kept it so real that sometimes it was so scary. I mean, the language, the drug use, the alcohol use, abuse, you know, the domestic violence, all of that. And it was normal for us to be traumatized as kids. It was normal. And I'm sitting here and I'm reflecting on that now. I'm like, wow, I have a cousin who is more like my sister than anybody in this world. I love her more than anybody could ever, ever tell me as far as a female relationship go. See, I have sisters. You know, my father has other kids. My older sister, well, I wanted a relationship with her, but that's not what she wanted with me. And it is what it is and I moved on from it. My youngest sister, she was born when I was 15 years old. And as much as I wanted to be the big sister for her, and I probably still can, it didn't happen the way I would like. The only thing about social media is you can always put some stuff out there and do your communication, but it's just not the same as being in person and now that COVID hit there's even more boundaries than ever before but my relationship with my sister cousin that's what I call her it was one that was definitely a godsend and even though she and I live in two different states and two different in two different time zones I still cherish our relationship because she keeps it real with me, and I keep it real with her. And I can't ask for a better relationship, female-wise, you know. Then I have another cousin. I get my laughs on and everything with her, and we share so much. We share so much about our pain, you know, and our triumphs, but I make her laugh more than anything, and I can never never get enough of hearing her laugh. Something, though, that I can honestly say is that when I became a mother, I became a mother at 20 years old with a daughter who I learned at eight months old was deaf. And I, did, I knew something was wrong, but I didn't think it was that bad. And the appointments, the criticism, that I got from my family 
blaming some of them blamed me for her being deaf and I didn't even know it was a recessive hereditary gene that she inherited from my father's side of the family because I don't think they really looked into that I don't think they took it serious but when I learned that I had another cousin who was deaf plus another one of my cousins have a son who ended up going to the same school with my oldest daughter, same school for the deaf. There's all the connections right there. But back to my kids. Yeah, I was one of those young people doing dumb stuff, making dumb decisions. I was so hell-bent on getting out of my mama's house that the first opportunity that I had to go off to college, I wowed out. I was wilding out. And I went all the way out. <laughs> I was doing well my first semester, then second semester academic probation. Going to parties, hooking up with guys. Hooked up with one guy. And we met through a chat room of all places back in 1998. Came to college, we met up, and <laughs> this short visit, we ended up eloping. I married him, and I didn't even know him. And through that brief, brief marriage, because I shot for an annulment, I get pregnant. And to be honest, I didn't know who the father was. So, of course, I'm 20 years old. And I didn't know anything about DNA tests and all that other stuff. So I just went ahead with the first guy that I wanted to be my daughter's father. And he went along with it for a while. And then he was like, hey, this ain't my kid. And damn it, here it is. My first husband's child, I don't even like this dude. And I led him on knowing I wasn't feeling him. And because of that, I broke his heart. I made him angry and I get it. I would have been angry too. Not to mention some time later on, I had my heart broke too. But with this dude, and he told me, I tore out his heart, I broke his soul. I didn't want to talk to him no more because to me, him being the way that he was showed me he was weak. He was so busy trying so, so hard. In a moment of vulnerability, I wasn't used to that. See, when I was coming up, Every guy that I knew, they, they was just hard. They was tough. You know, they, they wasn't soft in no way. So for him, for me to say that I ain't want to be bothered, that I don't want to be married to him no more, and he pours his heart out, I looked at that as a joke. I didn't take him serious, and I didn't even care. A lot of it was because I really only had one guy that I really, really loved. And because of distance. And y'all remember this is back in the early 90s before FaceTiming and all of that. We had pagers. We had to make collect calls and get calling cards and all that stuff. 
it was my high school sweetheart and I really 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 loved him and it hurt me when we had to be apart and every guy that I dealt with after him I never wanted to take serious I didn't want them they were just a use for me to just have sex with party with have fun with and just move on because they weren't him I only wanted him but by the time I was able to get back to him <laughs> I was three months pregnant with somebody else's baby and when I told him that the look on his face tore me up and you know he said well what do you want to do told him I didn't know and I know what he was saying either way as he told me he would have supported me he would have been there for me but I couldn't see him raising this other dude's kid a dude that I didn't even like and sometimes I wonder what would my life been like right now had I stayed with him had he had raised her I don't know but I'm kind of glad he didn't because looking at who I was then and who I am now and everything that I did between 21 up until I met my husband at 28 I would end up hurting him. I was a hot mess. I did a lot of crazy stuff, but you know, the, the craziest part for me was the guys that I was with. The guys that I knew I ain't had no business being with. Four years after my daughter was born, I hooked up with somebody that I knew as a kid back in the day, back when I lived in one of the projects. And even though he was borderline attractive, there was something in me that said that something about this dude ain't right either. But hey, I was just having fun. Well, all that fun brings in another kid. And when I told him I was pregnant, this fool came out of his mouth, well, you know what you got to do, you got to get rid of it. Really? Huh, is that right? So I did the opposite. I said, well, the hell with you. You don't want my kid, I'll raise my kid by myself. And that's what I said to myself. You don't want my kid, I'll raise my kid by myself. That was the initial thought. But then one of my cousins took it upon herself to tell him that I was pregnant with this kid. And he called me to ask if it was true if I didn't get rid of the baby. I said, yeah, it's very true. I kept my baby. And I get rid of my baby. And I'm glad I didn't because she's a beautiful, beautiful young lady. Fast forward a couple years after that. So here I am at the time, 25, 26 years old, two kids, two different baby daddies. 
both of these dudes I don't like. Both of these dudes I wish I would have never let them see me naked. But all of that because I could not get over my high school sweetheart. I moved to Georgia. I get on down there, you know, get a job. And I got with a couple guys there. And then there was this older guy that was in one of my night classes. There was just something about him. I had to have him. I just had to have him. It was the way he walked. It was his eyes. It was his, his, his aura. There was something about him that I needed to have. And I went and I shot my shot. And I told him, I'm going to have you. I didn't know why I wanted him. I really honestly didn't know why. Needless to say, a year later, I have another baby. I had my baby boy, got my son. Right after we had my son, he told me that he was not going to give up on me and he was going to stick around because he was a family man. He was not going to leave his kids for some other man to raise. He accepted my two daughters. He took them in as his own, even though he already had two other kids, even though he already had two other marriages. He still was with me anyway. And I'm the youngest thing that he was with. Found out we had a lot of stuff in common, which was cool. And I think that me looking at him in the way that I did, he was like safety and security. He was a strong male presence that I needed. And though he is 17 years older than me, I honestly and truly think that I was looking for stability in a guy that was older than me, that would take care of me and that would play games with me. Somebody similar to my father. And my father's the complete opposite. See, I think it was my now husband's stature, his presence. Like when he walks into a room, you know he's a man's man. He's not a male pretending to be a man. I think that's what drew me into him because I didn't get that from anybody else. I didn't even get that from my high school sweetheart. Even though my heart always has a place for my high school sweetheart. And my high school sweetheart was a man's man, but in a different sense. So when I see my now husband, and I see everything that, that he brings, now he's an emotional roller coaster. He is not for the weak. His mouth will hurt and cut deeper and harder and faster than any knife. But his dedication to his children and to being a husband that's going out his way to provide, that was more than I ever wanted. And it's crazy because there are times when I'm looking at our relationship 15 years later, 
12 years of marriage. You know, he and I always swap out stories about about our upbringing. And I can honestly and truly say that I would have never seen this coming. Me being the closed-off, reserved person who opens up and becomes just as goofy and silly as the court jester. And I'm looking at everything. And I'm like, I gave up a lot of my dreams, a lot of my hopes and desires because I didn't have the support I needed. Well, my husband supports me. He supports the hell out of me. But sometimes that's not enough. I'm 42 years old and I still didn't get what I wanted in life. I have my oldest daughter who, I love her dearly, but that girl can't stand me. She cannot stand me because I'm married to a man that she don't like. I'm married to a man that she swears up and down abused her. My daughter even said that I abused her and that's the furthest thing from the truth. But she's entitled to have her truth. She's entitled to have her opinion and her beliefs and everything, just like I am. And it's funny because I already know when I was growing up, oh, I was abused. But if you let my mother tell it, I wasn't. Now with my daughter, she was not abused but let her tell it, we abused her. There's this thing called the generational curse. And it's very real. I don't have a relationship with my mother and I don't want a relationship with my mother because I didn't like how she made me feel. I didn't like how she did anything with me. I ain't saying I don't love her. I do. I just don't like her. And that's the same thing my oldest daughter say about me. And I have to sit here and take that on the chin. And sit here and try to process that. Now with my other three kids, completely different relationships. And I see where after each of my other children's born, my oldest daughter got resentful because she was no longer the center of attention. And she thought she was supposed to have all of the attention, especially with her having our hearing impairment. The other kids told me they felt like she was getting all the attention and that we were too overprotective and everything. And I know siblings do some crazy stuff to each other, but the stories that they told me about what she would do behind closed doors to them, that hurt me more than anything. And I had to sit here and take it on the chin, wondering where I went wrong. Hmm. See, right now, I'm just spilling and sharing. There's a lot people don't know about me. There's a lot of people don't know about my household. There's a lot of people don't know about anything when it comes down to 
Shayla. But I can be just as transparent as a clean glass window. I might have my smudges here and there, but it's going to be as real as it gets. So what was the point of me doing this podcast? Well, I was just sharing, just testing, just to kind of see how it feels, just to discuss some things and and to get it off me and, and put it out here and see exactly where everybody else was at with sharing some things, bouncing all over the place. See, because when you're a child and you're bounced around all over the place, sometimes it's hard to get stable. And for me, being bounced around a lot, it made me appreciate stability a lot more. Stability in a physical sense, but mentally, I'm bouncing around everywhere. I bounce from my past to my future to my present. I bounce around from child to child. I bounce around with a lot of things I need to talk a little bit more with God about. I bounce around in my head with my dreams like it would be so cool, so cool to see my books turn into movies, turn into something where the whole world can actually see. That's my goal. Now I'm 42, four books in. The movement continues. This ain't done yet. So anywho, on my next one, I'm going to get the one topic and stick with it. But I had to get all over the place just so that you'll know that whatever I end up talking about, you're going to be prepared. You're going to have some questions, and I'm going to have some answers. So anyway... I'm going to close with my wonderful and short and sweet slogan. Stay blessed and breezy. Much love. Till next time.